There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You're very welcome to a brand new week of Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Hope you had a nice weekend. I had a lovely one. I'll tell you more about that a little bit later on. And today on the show, I'm looking for Christmas cards, but not in the way I have in the past. Stay with us. It involves children and I'm really looking forward to telling you what I have in mind. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text gets us through the afternoon. And I'm delighted to have our first guest with us because I've spoken to her on a number of occasions on the show. She really is Ireland's top crime journalist and she's back with a brand new book called Cocaine Cowboys. Nicola Talent, welcome back to Late Lunch. Thank you very much. I really am delighted to have you with me. I have to say I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I've read it from cover to cover and one thing strikes me about this book, well lots of things do, but one thing in particular... It's a short lifespan if you get involved in this cocaine d- uh, game. You know what I mean, Nicola? You know, if you're in there and you're involved in any way in supplying cocaine, the amount of people who've lost their lives. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary. Now, this year, there has been an element of calm. There's just been the first sort of gang-related murder in the whole country in the last week. It's slightly been overshadowed by these riots. But nonetheless, um, yeah. It's it is a fast, quick way to die young, isn't it? Mm. And um, mm. it's a very volatile world. A lot of young guys go into it, you know, as teenagers, and they see it as a quick road to riches, to those items they desire to have: the car and runners and designer jackets and whatever else. Um, and many of them do end up, you know, dying in them mm. and um, leaving behind. A legacy, really, for for generations to come, yes. you know, because yes. um, a murder will affect um, the next generation and indeed the one after it. So, mm. you know, it's got huge ripple effects. Yes, it's short term gain for lifelong pain, as you say, for families and people who, who survive beyond the murder of so many people. Many jump out at me. I'll never forget that young Flynn Nicola, uh, Anthony Campbell, when an innocent lad, uh, an apprentice plumber who was working in a house he didn't know, Marlowe Highland was asleep upstairs, and a gunman came in, killed Highland and executed that young fella. On the way out, yeah, in case he could ever give evidence or be a witness. Um, You know, that was one murder a lot of us remember because I think it led to a big political reaction. And um, Marlowe Highland, of course, was being targeted at the time by the... He was the top target in the country because I think they'd realised that he was literally making millions and millions from cocaine. Um, He... Typically, I suppose they're targeted by Gardaí, these gangs. There's a paranoia seeps in to them. And also, you'll also have this situation that uh, maybe a younger, ambitious individual wants to take over Mm. and take out the gang leader to leave way for themselves. And that's actually exactly what had happened with Marlowe Highland, who had done the same to his overlord previous in order to take the patch. So it... it, um, yeah, I mean, it was terrible, sad that young chap um, was killed. And, you know, many others besides them have, have lost their lives mm. um, as innocents. Uh, Katie French, of course, December 07, 24 years of age and all involved there with the Mansfields and Kieran Ducci. And that story just all came back to me as I read it as well. But on the local frontier in more recent times, the savagery. 
uh, that be, was bestowed upon Keen Mulready Woods. What? Just to get to that, the essence of it. What happened there? Why was he in a couple of camps? Was that the issue? Well, he certainly was seen as as being that, you know. And you see, there's not real justice in the underworld. There's decisions made, and again, in times of high paranoia. Uh, and all the rest, but people are accused of certain things mm. and there's no uh, judge or jury trial. It, it, the, the decisions are just made like that. I mean, I think Drahada is a really interesting case in point because it was, of course, a cocaine war and it was one large gang that split and exactly that, they kind of went to war. It started off with small um, are seen as kind of like just tit for tat attacks on maybe houses and cars and all the rest of it. But I think it's really interesting because the balance of power almost shifted into the hands of the gangs. And that could happen in any town in the country. And mm. um, the fact of the matter is, there was not enough police there. And it was the murder of Keen Mulready Woods, which shocked everybody, that really kind of had that knee jerk reaction to bring in the extra resources that were needed in that town and to eventually quell the violence, which which has been done. That feud isn't over. And I'm sure uh, people locally will tell you that there is deep seated hatred uh, on both sides. It has quelled, but I don't think anybody uh, can sort of sit back and relax and think that that's, you know, that it, it has died with certain characters. Um, but it was an extraordinary, vicious crime I think uh, it's hard to be shocked these days, but it was one of those things that made worldwide headlines. And, of course, the perpetrator, Robbie Lawler, would later die himself um, from bullets in in Ardoin. And that investigation is still ongoing up there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Drogheda, I say it to everybody I speak to, it could happen absolutely in any town. Mm. Um, there was no reason Drogheda was, you know, that it was Drogheda, except just that, uh, you know, that balance of power almost slipped into the hands of the guys and, and the police that were in charge would tell you that. It's interesting to hear you say that it's uh, still simmers beneath the surface and that is a, a, a certain warning to uh, everybody that it hasn't gone away and it needs to be uh, uh, kept there or worked on all of the time. I want to go back to the beginning of your book because... For listeners today, perhaps they won't understand this, that Ireland is now one of Europe's most prolific users of cocaine. You talk to uh, some medical people who actually declare it as a public health emergency. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, we are a small island and we are up there as the most prolific users in Europe. And sometimes in some of the reports, we're up there in the top three, four users globally of cocaine. Um, We're punching above our weight on the international scene with the Kinnahan Organised Crime Group who have gone from street dealers to being a global force in the cocaine trade, a controlling force in Europe's cocaine market, believed to be worth about 10 billion on last look. Um, And we, you see, it all goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Because you can't just have these suppliers pushing a product onto an unwilling public. Uh, you know, the suppliers are pushing at an open door because the demand is so big. And cocaine has shifted out across the country to such an extent that there isn't probably a corner of the country that you can't just get it in now. Um, you know, reports in from bars and clubs all over the place in areas that if you wanted cocaine, only in the recent past, you probably would have had to get into a car and drive to a, a, an area, a bigger urban area to mm. buy it. And it's now available everywhere. And of course, the availability of it has uh, increased the demand because people are out and, you know, they might not be prepared to travel to buy it. But if it's available in the loo, Mm. they're quite happy to give it a go. And interestingly, the uh, addiction people are talking about first time users coming in in their 60s, having never touched drugs before. And they have begun using and developed a problem very quickly, um, which I find absolutely extraordinary. 
shocking, Nicola. It's shocking. And, you know, I, I want people to get the book and read it. I, the story really got me about that young lad in Galway that w- w- was being watched by the police, a schoolboy, you know what I mean, involved in this mm. game. But here's the thing, and I want listeners to understand this. This is what you've got to understand. Uh, from farm to nose, as you call it, the journey, say Colombia, Peru, Bolivia, wherever this is produced from the coca plant, the people who grow the plant get one dollar for 125 kilos of this coca plant, which in turn makes one kilo of cocaine, 125 kilos of the plant to make one kilo of cocaine. And that one dollar that the people working out there get can be turned into 70,000 euro for the same kilo. Yeah. And you see, that's why there is no other product like it in the world. You know, it is the capitalist dream, really, isn't it? Mm. And um, it is why so many people are clawing to get, you know, their piece of it. Mm. It's why so many young people go into it. You know, why you see young people without a job with more money than a working person are certainly you know, disposable income than mm. a working person could ever dream of. Dripping in Rolex watches and, uh, you know, winter coats that are costing over a thousand euro. Um, you know, it is all about the money and those, you know, how, how much money there can be made on it. And it's why people take risks mm. and it's why people get rich and get violent and why the that sort of underworld is ruled really by a very, very violent, um, you know, hierarchy yes and why everybody really wants to hold on to their turf Mm. because of that kind of money that can be made i mean you know for a small enough investment if you take the risk and you ship it across uh you know the atlantic and obviously quite a few people have come a cropper trying to do that with our coastline our waters our Mm. weather and um but i mean if you land it if you land it successfully um that small investment just makes people into literally overnight millionaires. And that's why they do it. That's why they take the risks. You, you plot the journey very well as well, that where it comes from Central America into Central North America, the Caribbean, then across to Africa. People are getting their cuts along the way, uh, then into Europe by air and sea. And we do hear of these seizures. But Nicola, it's a drop in the ocean. I know you mentioned the seas there. It's it's just relentless, this snow of white coming towards us, isn't it? It sure is. I mean, the last major um, seizure, which was really significant, two tonnes of cocaine on the MV Matthew. Um, it was, you know, coming from the Clan del Golfo, big cartel, who shipped 20 tonnes every month into Europe. Um and we got two, and which was a lot. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Had mm. it hit the streets, it would have been worth over 150 million. But like, you know, for the efforts, the intelligence gathering and everything else that went into that operation, um, to think that, nine, you know, they're, they're going to get 20 tonnes in every month, every four weeks, like into, into Europe. So there is this insatiable appetite for that drug that is, is fueling all of this. And, mm. um, the demand certainly is probably a place where we could start because the policing of it is, you know, you're just really weeding the garden. Um, but I think probably working on that demand, working on the customers maybe is a way that um, we're going to have to to start looking at. Mm. Uh, Nicola, will you just stay there a moment? I want to take a short break because sure. I have a couple of important questions to put to you. The book is called Cocaine Cowboys by Nicola Talent and we're chatting about it on a late lunch. Stay there. You alluded to demand there before the break. The demand end needs to be tackled. We're doing as much as we can in trying to stop the flow into the country and having some success there, but it is a tsunami. What else? What, what, what can be done, do you feel, besides what you say there? Well, I suppose I would see cocaine as having two different types of users. And one of the users would be polydrug users. Sometimes they're buying that in crack cocaine. And that's one element of it. I think a lot of those users have addiction issues and need health care in order to help them try and come off it. We just don't have enough 
uh, resources going into that in the country. But the other users, the other vast wave of users are middle class users who don't have addiction issues with cocaine. They take it for recreational reasons at the weekend. And maybe they have a habit with doing that. But it doesn't seem to be certainly for a lot of them, uh, you know, they don't seem to be in need of any residential care, that kind of thing. Mm. But they do need to start making the connection between where their money's going, you know, what it is, the product they're buying, because a lot of them will be people who maybe eat organic food or vegans, whatever. And so they're fussy about that and they don't particularly want anyone to be mistreated um, when they're, you know, buying their clothes or anything like that. Um, Yet they don't draw the line, the white line, you know, between mm. their cocaine use and the um, empowerment of the likes of the Kinahan Organised Crime Group and also the, you know, the disruption, the, the, the dissipation of communities, many communities in marginalised areas. Because, of course, they go home after the weekend and they close the door in their suburbs. They don't have to look out at it. They don't have to see some of the, you know, the estates or the uh, the areas the that are just destroyed by mm. by the drugs, you know. Mm. And I thought it was interesting when I was doing the the work there on the Katie French um, death, and she, of course, was a model who died after using cocaine. But when you actually, when I was able to look at the deal, how the deal was done, it was two hundred euro she handed over for the deal that ultimately would kill her. But that money was going directly to Gary Hutch, who was at that point right in the centre of the Kinahan Organised Crime Group. So from that one deal alone, you could see where the money was going, you know. And that was when, 2007. By 2010, uh, the European police first tried to tackle the Kinahan grouping. Uh, I don't think realised how big it was at the time. And we were told they were worth 100 million. Another 10 years, they were, the US have told us they're worth a billion. Um, and I think those figures are just probably not accurate, you know. Yes. So every 200 quid, every 100 quid, every 70, 50 euro counts when uh, it comes to this. So it's not OK to say, well, look, I'm just a small time user. I'm just a blip in the ocean. Mm. The fact of the matter is that each euro goes straight into the pockets of those guys Um so I don't know how we do it, but uh, we certainly changed the attitude to drink driving some years ago with a campaign that was led by mothers, I think, of, of people who've been killed by drink drivers. And there is a sense, I know you're not going to stop everyone and some people still do it and that, but there is a sense of shame to it now. Mm. And p- taking cocaine doesn't even have that. People are openly taking it. Um, you know, it seems a pretty cool thing to do, actually. Mm. in many sectors of society. Um, you know, it's interesting to look at who's taking it. And a lot of young men in the 25 to 35 age bracket are taking it. Yeah, They probably are out there trying to meet a partner. It's probably a time when they need a little bit of Dutch courage, you know. Yes. And maybe, it, maybe that whole scene is very daunting nowadays between smartphones and everything else. So... Um, you know, I suppose a targeted uh, marketing push or whatever you'd call it on, on certain um, levels of society. Can we connect with a guy, you know, in Venezuela making a dollar from working up in the Andes? I don't think so. Mm. We might be able to connect with something happening more locally, yeah. you know, more something more real. Um, but anyway, I don't I don't know. Yeah, it's a huge Just question. It's a huge, mm. huge question. And you're, you're right, we talk about it in here, you know, recreationally. Now, would you believe people are going to pubs and drinking less because this stuff is there and uh, mm. uh, they don't go the alcohol route at all. It's quite obvious. And you're right, it is in a middle class thing and it's looked at as a bit of fun or whatever and not doing any... Uh, harm, but again, mm-hmm. coming back to what you said there, when you mentioned billions, there, this industry and people in this industry nearly have bigger economies than the economies of some countries. I'm sure you mentioned that through the book somewhere as well, and that just puts it in perspective. But it is a scourge, it is a curse, it is everything, every description you like to use about it. Um, you're going on stage w- with the book and uh, this whole issue next February. Tell us about that. 
Yeah, um, we did some live shows earlier this year, so we're going back to do another one uh, entitled Cocaine Cowboys, which will be this, this story of this sort of, um, you know, our, our, our incredible relationship with this substance, this powder from South America. Um, and all the people who have got involved, all those journeymen really, who have really put us on the map when it comes to cocaine. So, yeah. That's uh, happening in February in the Olympia. So I'm just bri- writing that now, having sleepless nights, <laughs> rolling around in the bed to make sure that it's right. <laughs> There's always something. <laughs> oh, no, you'll, you'll deliver it brilliantly. So you do it, your podcasting, your writing and everything beside. And this uh, just is a natural uh, extension. Just before we finish up, I want to go back to the point again. You know, we mentioned names there, like that young lad, uh, Mulready Woods. Nobody deserves, nobody, nobody deserves to meet an end like that poor chap did no matter what uh, Katie French the young plumber etc do you ever despair just final question do you know when you when you mention all the names and this fellow is in charge today he's dead tomorrow somebody else steps up it's a cycle Ooh. of misery isn't it just to finish off on that point it is cocaine Oh, it certainly is. And, and you can be guaranteed while the Kinahan organisation, you know, are, are being dismantled on an international level and have been dismantled here in Ireland. There's people already eyeing up what they had to take it over. And that's the way of it. You know, there'll always be somebody there willing and uh, eager to step in. So, yeah, it is. It's just a never ending cycle, isn't it? And People talk about, you know, let's legalise it, that'll solve the problem. But of course it won't. There's, you know, um, there's people out there probably now trying to synthesise cocaine so they can make it here in a factory uh, stronger than yes. what was, you, mm. you know, the, the real thing and all the rest of it. Mm. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is just, it's never ending. It just feels like there's this blizzard and it's just coating the whole country and it's it's there's no end to it inside. No, no. Nicola, um Love the book, I have to say. I really uh, do. And I always enjoy what you have to write and say. Keep doing, I say this to many people, but I especially say to you, keep doing what you're doing. Good luck with the book and the show early in the new year. Appreciate you joining me today on the show. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Nicola Talent there. Would you like the book? I'm done with it myself. It's fascinating. I'll give it to one of you today. Simple. Just text or WhatsApp me to 086-1800-658. The word Nicola, with your name and details, and I'd be glad to send it out to one of you. You'll enjoy this book, I promise you. Late lunch, LMFM Radio, after two, Christmas cards. Now, Louise, uh, how many years ago is it? Remember around this time, I threw, uh, or I asked listeners to send me in a Christmas card. Do you remember that? And, yeah, uh, got loads. We got loads of cards, and I sent cards back to mm-hmm. everybody that sent me in a card. And we got a ball of money for the Gary Kelly Centre at that stage. Well, look at we were putting our thinking caps on and it's a few years since we did it and we want to do something around Christmas cards, but it's a little different, isn't it? It's it's way it's different little, actually yeah. this year. It's way different because, folks, I'm asking you today, I'm asking your children today to make a Christmas card and send it to me. What do you think, Louise? Brilliant. Kids cards for Kelly. <laughs> 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 hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. I, uh, kids. Cards. Cards with a K. K with the cards. <laughs> uh, for Kelly, that's the name of the campaign. Where did you come up with that? You've caught me. You've caught me here now with me. Uh, you know what's around me ankles. Kids cards for Kelly. Yes, that's. I love that. That's a beautiful strap line. Anyway, if you're listening to us today and you're a mammy or a daddy or someone who looks after children, if you teach them, if you're a gran, a granddad, a carer, whatever for children, would you get your children to make a Christmas card mm-hmm. and send it in to us here in LMFM? And what we're going to do is we're going to put them all on display as usual round, round the uh, the house here. And, and up on social media. Yes, we're going to... Put them up on social media too. So get them to make a card. It's important on the card. Maybe the back of the card. Make them with anything they like. Mm-hmm. A bit of paper. It doesn't have to be anything exquisite. On the card, put the name, your age, where you're from, and a contact number on the back of the card. We need that, don't we? So yes. that's your name, your age, where you're from, and your contact number on the card and send it in to us. Now, you can post it in. You can drop them. We have a post box outside LMFM here if you pass and drop them into the post box at any stage of the day or night. You can drop them into reception here open between nine and four each day if you want or whatever way you want to get them to us. And if you want to 
uh, club them together. You know what I mean? Yeah, if there's, if there's it, a whole street or a school yeah, or a anything. School if you're doing all them, together. Put them all together and just drop them into us. And we'll be delighted to receive your cards and we'll mention as many of them as we can, mm-hmm. hopefully all of them that we, we get in. But here's the twist in it. We're going to do uh, a draw. It's just a draw, isn't it? It's yeah. as simple as that. We'll give every card a number as it comes in. But all the numbers into the hat come near Christmas time. And we're going to draw out three numbers. We're going to draw out three. This is at random, isn't it? Yeah, total random. Total random. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not looking for monies or Picassos. Or, or even Banksies. Yeah, well, we are. But you know what I mean? <laughs> but we're not going to select them on that basis. No. We're going to select three cards at random. And Shoe City, our great friends in Shoe City, Castle Blaney, have given us a €250 voucher for the shop. What a wonderful shop. (laughs) And that will go to the first drawn out, along with Mm -hmm. a gift voucher for a toy shop. And the second and third will receive gift vouchers for the toy shop too. Is that okay? Mm -hmm. Is that a deal? That's what we're going to do. So, And if they want, they can even put a little message inside to you. No, they can leave it blank or they can just write Happy Christmas. Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to message or anything. Yes. So with this in mind, having mentioned it to our families, look what I have here, Louise, on the desk already. Well, let me read the first one. We have we have four in already, but they're close to home. They're our families and our families can't. Yeah, win. they're not allowed to enter. The our families can't enter. So. That's 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 it. Their cards will be on display here, but no one associated with LMFM. They're the rules of the competition. KPMG will be here to oversee it as well. You know, the usual stuff. Anyway, <laughs> this one says, Happy Christmas, Jerry, from Cormac to Jerry. <laughs> Tell them who that is. That's, that's Miss, my son. That's Cormac Ferreter. Ho, yeah. ho, ho. Oh, is seven years Look in the card. Him. Isn't it lovely there? Here's the next one. Merry Christmas. Made, handmade already. Merry Christmas, gang, gang, and mm-hmm. everyone at LMFM. I hope everyone has a great Christmas from Ava Flynn. Ah, oh, such a lovely picture of a tree. Ava, uh, of a tree and everything on it. Here's the next one. So we have one. a snowman, a tree, and what's the next one? Look at the stars on oh, this. Beautiful. And the Very lovely colourful. smiley faces. And there's a tree there as well. And guess who made this one for me? Pippa Kelly. Pippa Kelly made this lovely card for me with Pippa? Happy Christmas. She's four. Wow. And she made, isn't that, so isn't that fantastic? Four year old. And I'm nearly sure this is from Harry. Harry her younger Kelly, brother. Her younger brother. Look at that one as well. There's a star and a tree mm. on it as well. And, and that's from him. So, you know, you know, the, you, you know the crack now, folks. Mm. Get them making. They love making, don't they? Yep. Children love. And just to point out that they were all drawn on card. Coloured card, ordinary card and just paper. paper. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter. Just yeah. whatever you can find around you. That's it. That's it. And it, put yeah. snowmen, Santis, <laughs> trees, whatever you like. Whatever you want. And if you want to put a little message to me on it, to me, Selton Louise, do that as well. But me- remember, do please include in the back of the card your name, your age, where you're from and a telephone number, a contact telephone number. And we'll put them across social media. We'll put them on display in here. And everybody who sends in goes into that big, big hat for the draw for the Shoe City 250 euro voucher for the shop. Plus, if you win, the, the, the first one out will get the uh, the, the gift uh, card as well for the toy shop. And we have two more as well. So there'll be three in total coming out when we receive them in. So come on, get cracking on them. Get them working on them in school, at home, if they're your grandchildren. Make the cards and send them into us this Christmas time. Mm-hmm. And we'll be delighted to display them here. We love our card displays, don't we, in LMFM? We love them, yeah. We love them. We really, really do. When you walk in the door, it's great yes, to Yes, so there you are. The Christmas card. What did you call it again? Mm, kids cards for Kelly. <laughs> it's kids cards for Kelly this Christmas time. Aren't, is there a deadline? Isn't that woman just a genius <laughs> with the with the ideas she comes up with? Well, let's say what day are we today? We're, 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 how many weeks are we to Christmas at this stage? Four. Four, yeah. Have we four weeks or three weeks mm. to Christmas? Four. We have four. Sorry, I'm doing the the calculations. Yeah, next week is, we have yeah. four weeks. To, this day, four weeks is Christmas Day. We'll be lying back. <laughs> After the turkey, <laughs> and everything else. You'll be getting ready for your Queen's speech. Or sorry, King's speech. Excuse King's speech. me, the sorry. King's speech is right King's at speech. three o'clock. Anyway, when will we put a deadline on it? Let's look. We, we, we'll, oh. we'll tell you what the de- we, mm. we'll, we'll do. We'll end it, say, the Friday before Christmas, will we? Or the Monday. Maybe the Monday of Monday, Christmas yeah. week. Yeah, maybe the Monday of Christmas week. We'll give you the date and that. But you've loads of time now. You have three weeks to get your cards. Get them into us here on LMFM Radio from your children. And we thank you in advance kindly. Now, what else was it to say? I was in Cushionstown 
I was in Cushionstown AC yesterday morning mm-hmm. for the big athletics meet. As and it was a big athletics meet, I believe. It was big, as your own and Cormac mm-hmm. and our Sinead was there as well with Killian. All what they're all great runners. Oh my god, the place was just thronged with people. Mm-hmm. And you know when it's the first time I went along, Ava was running there and. Just to see all the children taking part and uh, the enthusiasm for athletics from Louth and Mead. They were mm-hmm. from all over Louth and Mead and beyond. Of all ages as well, Of all they? ages, yes. It was indoor yesterday so and it was just fantastic. Well done to all concerned. I really enjoyed the afternoon over there. It was wonderful. It really, really was. I know and my son's used to running away from me, so he must be pretty fast. <laughs> he's fast. <laughs> oh, is he fast? He's a flyer. Says it all. He's a flyer. <laughs> His mother's fast too, I have to say. He gets it from the DNA there, I'm sure. <laughs> um, and I want to give a shout out as well, Louise. I was invited back again this year to compare the Northeast Business Excellence Awards. We had a great night on Saturday night in uh, Sydney North Hotel. And for my dinner, you know, you sit at the table uh, for, for the dinner. You have to get mm-hmm. a bit of grub. Man, don't fly on one wing. Um, I was at a table with Northeast Barbers and Academy, fantastic people, and Sapphire. They're in William Street there, lovely people, and we had just great fun. And thank you for your wonderful company, and thank and you to everybody. Did you get two wings for the dinner? Uh, yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Listen, yeah. the dinner was lovely. It really was. And it, we licked the plates. Mm, was that nice? Honestly, it was lovely. Everybody said that. It was gorgeous. Anyway, the great time at this, and a, a wonderful time, and met loads of people, and congratulations to everyone who won. It was shortlisted, you know the usual, and a good time was had by all. It's that time on late lunch. We Yay, we're it. a little bit early we this year, which is great. It. We're a week earlier mm. this year on LMFM. You've heard them already from Morning with Chris and Sinead. Anyway, it's our very first Christmas song on late lunch for Christmas 2023. And it can only be can one only be. woman for me. I love her. You know this anyway. It's Miss Kylie Minogue on Late Lunch. Woo, it's Christmas. It's been a long time to be missing you, you, you. You're on your way now, leper, and I'm over the moon. Everything's all in place, but there is one thing clear. Christmas isn't Christmas till you get here. Those sleigh bells ring, ring, ring. Louise came to me in a lather of excitement the other day. She saw this thing online. Tell them what you saw. Two euro. Oh, yeah, it? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was under the heading of Unpost and it was uh, click this link, pay two euro and you could get one of these um, parcels that have been in the lost property or whatever for the past five years and you could end up getting a set of tea towels or an iPhone or, you know, across the board. And there were people commenting, yeah, look what I got. I got a whole range of electronics, yada, yada, yada. (laughs) So we contacted on Posted. Yes, we did. And anything uh, that looks too good to be true is too good to be true. Uh, Yes, Angus Laverty from Unpost, he's the public affairs manager, is on the line. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Angus, thank you for joining me on the show today. Good afternoon, folks. Um, two euro. <laughs> you'd you'd be you'd be wasting your two euro, wouldn't you, Angus? Absolutely. This comes under the, the file of things that are too good to be true. Often are very much too good to be true. Mm. And trust would never ever get in touch with you with this kind of what's undoubtedly a scam and aimed at extracting your uh, your hard earned cash. Uh, we would never contact contact you by phone, email, or SMS. This way, uh, never ask your personal details. Uh, never look for your dates of birth, your uh, login details, none of that stuff. Um, these are undoubtedly scams and aimed at parting you from your hard-earned cash. Um, scams, unfortunately, are very much part of our lives now, whether it's around financial services, someone checking your computer, or around shopping and deliveries. And the uh, the best advice we can give people is to be scam aware. Uh, carefully check any of these messages that you get. Never, ever give your personal details away. And always be aware that the scammers are out there trying to fool you on a daily basis at this stage. Mm. So there you are. If you happen to come across this one like we have, it's circulating at the moment. It is absolutely untrue. On bus will never do anything like this. And it is a scam. Uh, tell us about, you know, Black Friday, whatever, Monday today. I'm that confused with all these names on dates. But from your own perspective in on post, obviously online purchasing has upped the volume massively. Absolutely. I mean, everybody now is shopping online, is doing so much more of their business online, but particularly shopping online. And the Christmas season has already started and will run right through to Christmas and beyond when the Christmas sales kick in. And anybody who shops online needs to have their item delivered to them. And that's where we come in. Uh, This is the loveliest time of the year and the busiest time of the year to work on post. And we get the chance to deliver Christmas for families all over Ireland all over the world. The dates I'm just looking at here, because you always issue this for the last postal dates, and no matter what people say, there's, and we know this, uh, Angus, in uh, LMFM land and beyond, people love to send cards, love to send letters, love to send posts at Christmas time. So when you look at the dates, actually very soon, because we'll have the 1st of December coming up the end of the week, if you're sending uh, far flung, you know, whether it's a standard letter, a parcel, or even registered post, the 6th of December is a very important day, isn't it? Absolutely. The first big day for us is 6th of December. If you're sending to your friends and family in Australia, New Zealand, all those far from locations, the 6th of December is the last day for standard letters, Christmas cards and parcels. And then if you move to the USA, last day for cards and letters to USA is the, is the 11th, but it's the 6th again for, for parcels. Mm. You move through the uh, rest of Europe, it's the 18th for letters, 14th for parcels, and you go right through until the 21st of December when it's the last day, day for those Christmas cards and parcels to Ireland. To Ireland. Th- those dates are significant. They're available if you, if you look them up there. So if you don't want to miss the deadlines, uh, those dates you certainly need to stick by. Um, I, I am saying to you, you know what I mean, in, in terms of posting and that, you had good value as well. I was in a post office on Friday and I picked up a, a lovely book of, of stamps actually uh, giving really great value and, and they're usable beyond Christmas as well, Angus. There's some terrific value out there. We, we have our Christmas uh, booklets that give you really good value for your, your Christmas stamps. And you can also post virtually to every corner of the globe some really good deals in your local post office to get that, uh, that, that, that present, that care package to friends and family abroad. Uh, if you go to um, com, we have a Christmas hub there where you'll get all this advice, all these assays and some really good advice for, for posting and packaging and as I say, delivering Christmas far and wide. Angus, thank you for joining us on the show today. Do appreciate it. Wish everybody in post all the very best for Christmas time this year. Thank you. And to you. Happy Christmas. Folks. Many happy returns. That's uh, Angus Laverty there. Apologies for the quality on the line. Just reminding you the 16 Days of Action Against Domestic Violence is a global campaign aimed at raising and taking action to end domestic violence and gender-based abuse. This year, LMFM is supporting Women's Aid Dundalk, Drogheda Women and Children's Refuge and Meath Women's Refuge, highlighting their work and support services 
for uh, victims of domestic abuse. And the, these support services need our help to continue their important work. And we're encouraging you, if you can at all, to donate. You can do so during the campaign, which runs until the 10th of December. You can also do so by logging on to their iDonate page. That's idonate.ie forward slash fundraiser forward slash LMFM. And stay tuned to LMFM Radio for more about the campaign. And if you or a loved one need support in your local area, do check out lmfm.ie for the range of support services. We're all together, aren't we? We are indeed for zero tolerance and if you can support that campaign it really would be appreciated and here on the station we will be featuring stories and interviews across the 16 days uh, Sinead will have people on we'll have them on here on late lunch as well and you'll be hearing all about it and why it's so important to get behind this campaign you're at late lunch on LMFM radio coming up shortly were you ever in Tully Allen Hall? I was I think I played badminton in it years ago but Tully Allen Hall has a real history of being at the heart and the hub of the community. But it needs a revamp badly and we're going to be talking about it after 2.30 to Anne Carl and she'll tell us the story. Tully Allen Hall. I'm sure when I mention it today, you have memories. Many people have out there because it was the epicentre of not alone the parish out there, but many, many more things that happened over the years. It opened in 1979, but it's badly in need of a revamp. And joining me to tell us more is Anne Carlin. Anne, welcome back to Late Lunch. Thanks very much, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Well, the first thing I have to say, she surprised me. Honestly, she surprised me coming in the door because she handed me this lovely yellow coloured book called Mellifant Parish, a magazine to mark the opening of Mellifant Parish Centre, 1979. This is the only copy of this book in existence. <laughs> yes, my God almighty. I better mind it and be careful with it. Tell us the story of the hall itself. It it, it it opened in 79, wasn't it, the hall? It did indeed. And I'll just clarify there, there are several is copies that, of that. But this is the um, only one you have. But this is the only one I have. <laughs> um, and at the time, um, many parishioners would have received a copy um, and people will find them in the back of cupboards. But yes. luckily, I was very lucky to be given one by Mary MacDonald of Tully Allen, who did all of the um, artwork in that book herself. Terrific. Yeah, so I, I'm very privileged to have it. And oh, I we've got to mind after this. It. Yes, yeah. for sure. I'm going to mind it carefully. And I know you're going to work on getting copies of this made. Anyway, tell us about the hall. When, when did it start, the building of it? OK, well, it was a dream for many years, back all the way back to the 1920s for when a priest called Father Carolyn, no relation, um, was in the parish and he did dream about a parochial centre. Um, so, but obviously there was a lot of things going on in 1920s Ireland and at the time, like funnily enough, there was actually um, a pastor's um a bishop's pastoral on dancing which prohibited or didn't prohibit dance halls but frowned upon them <sighs> so some of the funding that the young footballers at the time was trying to do they wanted to have run dance halls but it was frowned upon by Canon Carlin which he was then yeah. um, so it, it kind of fell away then the idea fell away The church didn't want it in other No, words. simply yes, yes that is it so, okay. um, and then another priest came along Father O'Neill in 1947 and the site of the the parish hall is not the originally intended site. It should have been actually, well, the, the plan was that it would now be where or then be where the Glen Emmett's football club is, okay. which is really interesting. Um, so they were looking at the same site and at a price of £7,000 in, in, 19, in 1947. A lot of money. Yes, a huge amount of money. And then subsequently that didn't happen either. But then we were very lucky then in 1975 to get Father PJ O'Kelly as our parish priest. This man had great vision. And in 1970s, Tully Allen, it was a very progressive time. In 1972, the youth club was set up. And in 1975, the Tully Allen Macrina Farma was set up. So... He had an idea to do the hall because he he had looked back on other ideas um, in other areas and he polled all of the prisoners in 1975 as to what their feelings were in regards to building this. And there was almost 100 percent, you know, come back in a positive way. So he said, OK, you know, we'll get going. But he didn't. Um, 
believe that it would happen just as quickly. He didn't, you know, preempt the initiative that was to be the, the committee that established. Yeah, the push that was Oh, it was incredible. It. Yeah. We had incredible people on that committee. Some people have since left us, but they were an amazing workforce and they had great vision. So they went around, they looked at other parish halls like you would do with any mm. project. And in September 1975, the committee was established. I'm just giving you a kind yeah. of a brief synopsis of yeah. a timeline. And in September or the summer of 1976, planning had been secured. Turlock McKevitt, a local architect, we all know very well, um, he was tasked, a very simple brief, to give Tully Allen a parish hall worth 50,000, but we could only pay him 25,000. <laughs> Nothing much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, it was based on the role model of the Cullen Hall, but we would have um, extra buildings kind of outside of the building. So we would also get a big stage, dressing rooms, toilets, kitchen, and it was even going to be a, a future adaptability for a squash court. OK. Mm. Um, so... In October 1977, the topsoil was removed by local people. They came in their droves with their tractors. Apparently, it was a very funny sight. And in November 1977, the first sod was removed and the blessing of the site was done. Um, and then in December of that, the construction was actually above ground. So and you this started is, the building. Yeah, this is incredible story, Jerry, because this work was not being done by like there was no contractors brought in. This work was done by people from Tully Allen. OK, I find this fascinating. So they gave of their time, of their labour, of every voluntary free yeah. to build this yeah, hall. So this hall sure. was built by the people of by the, the parish. By the people of Tully Allen which I, I find absolutely incredible. Obviously, there were contractors in, yeah. but a, a significant amount of work was done voluntarily yeah. by parishioners, which is fascinating. So it it started then. It took how long to build it? Oh, the, that was so the, the first sod was in 1977 and it was subsequently opened in 1979. So a hall of that stature in two yeah. years was completed. Fantastic. Incredible. And you're talking about a substantial hall because as you mentioned there, there were more add-ons than the prototype halls you looked at, Cullen being mm -hmm. one of them, of course. Mm -hmm. But this hall could hold... It, held it has a seating capacity of 400 people. 400 in the hall with the full stage. So yeah. it could stage full-blown concerts. And, and has done... Um, and the opening ceremony was performed by the chieftains in on the 31st of May in 1979, which was just an absolute phenomenal, mm. you know, thing mm. for a small village. And yes. it was a very small village in 1979 was. to attract somebody like the chieftains, the chieftains to play in it, to play in it. And subsequently, we had so many. We had Bagatelle. We had Joe Cuddy, we had Johnny McAvite. Now, I know for your younger listeners, they, this, these names mean nothing. Ah, rings a bell for a lot yeah. of people, I'm sure. And, as well. um, and I, I could be corrected on this, but I have a, a, a memory of the Wolf Tones playing, playing there. there yeah. So, um, you know, it was it was just an incredible achievement mm. by the people of Tully Allen. So beside concerts, did I play badminton out there? Oh, yes, for sure. You absolutely did play badminton out there. There was basketball played out there. There was youth clubs, as I said, the Rakenny Revels used it every single year as their main venue for their like for their concerts. So it was, you mentioned the Glen Emmett's Football Club have a wonderful facility there, but this mm -hmm. was another uh, strand, another arm of the heart of the community in Tully Allen. And as you mentioned, Anne, mm -hmm. when you look at Tully Allen 1979 to Tully Allen 2023, oh my word. Exactly. The yeah. place is just enormous now and you know that well. Where is the hall today? What state is it in? What's happening with the hall? OK, currently, um, just with wear and tear and like the hall is now 44 years old um, with wear and tear and, and just a lack of, you know, the committees, the committee at the time was an amazing committee, one of the strongest committees I've ever known. And it established an absolutely amazing, you know, thing in the yeah. hall. But people move on and people sadly pass away. And um, we lost one of the great founder members, Paddy Healy. He would have been treasurer and he died before the hall was complete as a young man. Um, but we had terrific people. But subsequently, people get older and it just it has now come into a state of disrepair. So it's drifted. 
Yeah. It's drifted big time. So we, we desperately need um, major funding to re-establish the hall as a, a, a community hub. Yeah. It has massive potential, Jerry. Huge. Com- it's sitting on the, on the path of the Camino, as you know, mm. um, which is attracting hundreds of visitors uh, right through the year in Tully Allen. But at the moment, we have nowhere that if you have a mobility issue in Tully Allen, there is no way that you can hub. No. Okay. So there's a mobility issue there. It's still being used. You do a little... Yeah, I do circuit classes and the Glen Emmets, um, the wonderful football club we have in Tully Allen, they're using it as um, for underage groups. You know, they play basketball yeah. there and they do pre-season training there, which is amazing. But um, the, the floor that's in the parish hall was a second-hand dance floor, I think, from County Offaly. And two men, like, the, the sub-concrete floor was laid in three days, over a period of three days, which I find incredible by just parishioners. But two men gave up their time to lay that floor, the wooden floor, their vol- time voluntarily. And that original floor is still there? That original Does floor Does it need still replacing? There. Absolutely. OK, so the floor has to be replaced. Mm-hmm. How is the roof and all that? The roof is intact and there has been some remedial works done on the roof, so yes. it is intact. It's OK. And, and the structure is sound? Oh, absolutely. The structure is absolutely sound. We have an issue with, obviously, damp... We need a new electrical wiring, it, like we need a new kitchen, we need yes. new areas. There is just lots of remedial There's a work. major makeover to be done yeah. on Tully Allen Hall. Absolutely. But here's the thing that I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there 79 on Tully Allen today. We both have. Mm-hmm. Look at the population you have in that area now. Look at the strength of the Glen Emmets and more besides. You have a wider population, hopefully now, to pull from that will support this. Absolutely. And as with all um, initiatives that we have taken on over the years, people in Tully Allen are hugely community spirited. Everything we have done like has been backed by all of the groups, you know, the Men's Shed, Glen Emmets, um, the Active Carers. We have a huge Indian group that use our hall. Um, the, the Indian group that reside in Drogheda, they yes. don't have a venue here in Drogheda okay. big enough to accommodate them. Yeah. So they use it for weddings, for funerals, mm. for parties, for everything. So it's huge. But it needs upgrading. Absolutely. Kevin Leddy's just been on to say you're a great woman. Sure. What would Tully Allen be without Anne Carlin? And he just wanted to say that he remembers Giant Haystacks, the professional oh, wrestler. Oh, that's You know, performing in the hall as well. I see the potential of this. Imagine putting on gigs again or concerts wherever with 400 people in a newly revamped hall and everything the potential is enormous the sports within it the groups who use it so what are you here's your chance today what do you want to say to listeners what are you looking for okay um we uh, have applied for several grants and we with every grant you will always be looked upon to you know have some money you know, that you can subsidise the grant yes, that you're you have being. to raise money yourself yeah, of along course. with the grant. Yeah. Um, so we're in for a town and village renewal scheme at the moment and we've looked for a course for a million to, um, to complete the interior refurbishment. We're also in for a sports capital gra- um, programme grant mm. um, to redo the f- whole floor. Now, we have been um, lucky to have received some grants, smaller grants. Um, we got um, almost 2,000 for kitchen appliances and we also got um, a grant under the Community Centre Investment Fund and we got um, just over 20,000 20, on that. Mm. So we need to raise some funds Yourselves. if we if we're lucky yes. enough to secure and, subsequent And, and you need that big old money to do the job that you want to do. Of, I of understand course. that. So what, what are you saying? What are you going to do to raise this money? OK, this Sunday on the 3rd, 3rd of December, we are holding a Bonanza Bingo. Um, so we are going to have a, a community fund fund bingo that everybody can come and see the hall in its current condition. Now, mm. It's fine, but they will see the work that actually needs doing. But it's going to be part of a, a community day out as well. The Men's Shed will be there, the Active Retirement Centre, they will be there with their stalls to show what they what they do yes. in their groups. Um, so, and we'll have um, 
lots of things going on. We'll have children from Tullyan National School doing some singing. We have raffles. Like local businesses have been hugely generous as okay. always with so small prizes. So this Sunday, the 3rd of December, what time does it start at? It starts at 3 o'clock in Tully Island Parish Hall. So this is the big kickoff Absolutely. to the push to raise funds. Absolutely. So you're launching this on the 3rd of December. People will see what the place is like and you're going to establish then what your plan is to move forward with different fundraising ventures to Absolutely. raise the money. Yeah, that's the start of what we hope to be a, a Christmas um, bonanza Lovely. for Tully Island. The following week on December the 10th, we will be lighting the Christmas tree in the parish square. Like it, it is an annual thing now. And that's at um, five o'clock on Sunday, the 10th. Yeah. And we'll be probably shaking a few buckets there as well. Grant, grant. So um, this is just prior warning. Um, but and we hope to in the new year to have a full community day that all of the groups that operate in Tully Allen can come together in one area and show each other what they can, what they're doing individually and hopefully the focus is that we use the parish hall as an umbrella for all of the wonderful groups that are in Tully Allen. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. And I think you'll be pushing an open door with people as well. Anyway, it begins this Sunday, the 3rd of December, 3 o'clock in the hall itself. The 10th of December, 5 o'clock, the Christmas tree and all going along with that and more to come in the new year. You'll do it. And (laughs) Carolyn, I know you if I know anybody else. Thank you for joining me on the show. We'll come back to this, I promise you, in the new year. Thank you so much for your help. I had a chat with Nicola Tallon, top of the show, about our new book, Cocaine Cowboys. Uh, Betty was on to say, we're worse, Jerry, than America. Can you believe that? I can't understand why educated people take drugs for recreation when they wreck lives and leave long-term damage to their health. It really is so stupid. Thanks indeed uh, for that, Betty. I have a copy of Nicholas book to give away. Lots of you want it. Can only give it to one of you. Today it's going to Eunice Nolan in Dundry. That uh, cocaine cowboy is on its way to you. You will enjoy it, I promise you. Somebody says there, Jerry, you're talking about shop- shopping local. You're in Blanchestown. Let me tell you this, love, or whoever you are, there's no bigger supporter of local shops than this kid here. And you can ask anybody that. I love local and I support it. But that doesn't mean if you're someone that you can't buy a few things. You know what I'm saying? Come on, give me a break for the heck's sake. Anyway, let me tell you this as well today on the show. Um, the proposed Mornington Dunes Conservation and Restoration Project, right? If you want to have a say, you can this coming Saturday between 10 and 4 at Skull Railtnamara in Mornington. Or you can have a look at the plan itself at the Ecology Centre. I take it that's an art, yeah. I assume it is, anyway. Uh, you can arrive on the Saturday between 10 and 4 at the school. No appointment needed. Drop in and have your say. If you'd like to make an online submission, you can at consult.me.ie. That's consult.me.ie. Or have another email address. It's astroforinfo at gmail.com. That's A-S-T-E-R, the number four, info at gmail.com. So speak now. Or forever hold your peace about the Mornington Dunes Conservation and Restoration Project. Let's do this on late lunch. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number five from this week in 1977. And I'll tell you this, folks. I had a look at this top five today. It's bloody brilliant. There are five great songs. And they tell you, that music is no longer cool. Give me a break. I was at the awards the other night. The DJ came on and started playing the 70s and into the 80s stuff. So we had to nearly call the guards to control the place. Anyway, let me tell you about the number five from this week. In 1977, it's a Bee Gees song and it was used on the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever. It only made it actually to number three in the UK charts, but it was an even bigger hit in the United States where it went to number one. And believe it or not, in America, it stayed in the top 10 there for 17 weeks. Yes, the five from 77 on late lunch is the Bee Gees and How Deep Is Your Love? Moment that you wander far from me, I wanna feel you in my arms again. We're living 
Living in a world of fools. That line, back in 77, I think it's more applicable today than ever. Living in a world of fools. Yes, the Bee Gees are number five, top five countdown from this very week in 1977. I have a cracking five, including that one lined up for you this week from that particular week. Kids cards for Kelly. We launched it earlier. Well, Louise coined it earlier on the show. We've launched it. We want your children to make Christmas cards and send them in to me. We have a 250 euro voucher for Shoe City to give away. We're going to put them all in the hat. Every card we receive, receive, draw three at random. One will get the 250 euro voucher plus uh, a gift voucher for a toy store. And we have two other toy store vouchers as well. So there will be three picked from all we get. And we'll do that before Christmas. Send them in to me here in LMFM and make sure you include your name, age, address and a contact telephone number. Get cracking, get making. I know you will. Up next on the show, but before I mention what's going up next, I want to draw your attention tonight. RT1, half past nine. We spoke about it last week on the show. There's a wonderful documentary about the level of suicide in the travelling community. It's a brilliant piece of television. Don't miss it tonight. RT1 at 9.30. But next, on late lunch, Sheila National School have come up with a very interesting concept to raise funds. Sheila National School Development Fund have launched a, a quite different fundraiser to raise funds with the, for the school. Uh, in uh, Well, they're using the Euro Millions as the vehicle. Here to tell me more is the principal of the school, Trassa Minock. Afternoon, Trassa. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? Thank I'm you good. Not at all. You're very welcome. You need money. You. you need money. Is that the bottom line? <laughs> yeah. We do. We need money. Lots of us. Um, yeah, yeah, we are hoping that this fundraiser will be very successful, Jerry, and hopefully raise much needed funds for the school. Um, we have lots of items on the wish list, mm. so the the bigger the fundraiser, the better. Okay, so this is needed to underpin uh, the educational, the wonderful educational resource that is there to benefit all of the children. Now, tell us about your piggybacking on the Euro Millions in a way. What's this all about, please? Yeah, so we we had a fundraising uh, meeting, I suppose, earlier in the school year, um, Jerry, and one of the parents came to me with a suggestion. Um, a friend of hers was involved in the committee who were running um, this initiative in County Cavan, um, and we basically took it from there. We went and met that committee, and they explained it to us. And look, it's it's a great system, I suppose, because you know the benefactor benefits as well it's not just that they're making a donation and they gain their entry into the euro millions for eight weeks and two draws a week so it's a great incentive i suppose Mm. um as well as that um the club that we spoke to had been inspired by a club local to them who had actually won the euro millions and, and each syndicate member had come away with a quite considerable um win so we were inspired by that as well, and you never know, could be us. It could be you next time, as the yeah. as the, as their marketing says. So look at I. <laughs> let's say I entered this syndicate. I yeah. give you a hundred euro. What does that give yeah. me for the hundred euro on the Euro Millions draw? Yeah, so one hundred euro buys your membership. So you will be entered into the Euro Millions for. 100 lines, so 1,600 lines really in total um, every Tuesday night and Friday night for the eight weeks. Um, And at the end, the winnings are added up uh, and divided between all syndicate members. Okay, so if I were to do that on my own, so what it means, I see that two draws a week, eight weeks, I'm on 1,600 lines. How much would that cost me if I were to do that by myself? I think somebody um, did the maths and it comes in at around five and a half thousand euro. So, right. um, a, a considerable. Yes. Um, what bargain. a saving. Yeah. there, And yeah, yet you're still yeah. in. And like the prizes in the Euro Millions are mega, as we know. So a win, yeah, a win at all. And you could be in the clover. That's for certain. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. is great. Uh, fair juice, whoever who came up with this first. So you have to become a member of your syndicate first. And then off we go. When are you starting this? When is it going to happen? 
Um, we have we've started selling tickets, and we are hoping to initiate the, the entries into the Euro Million draw in January. Okay. Right. So, yeah, the the push is on at the moment to sell as many syndicate memberships as we can, uh, yeah. which has been successful up to the moment, up to the uh, up to right now, and there has been great enthusiasm around it. So, hopefully, that continues. Yeah, and uh, of course, with the twenty fifth of December imminent, this would be a nice little gift for somebody, I'm sure. Yes, we have had lots of people um, utilize our gift voucher option. So, yeah, lots of them are going as Christmas presents to people around the locality and further afield. Lots are going abroad. So that's great to see as well. Um, and a great little gift idea. Lovely yeah. present to get. Oh, yeah. absolutely. So, and, and you'll take as many as will come to you with €100 Euro, and then when you have the absolutely. whole total, away you go from there. I absolutely. think this. How do people yeah. How do people find out more about this from Sheila? Um, we uh, we have more information on our Facebook page, um, which is Skullbury the Sheila. Um, they could also get more information by calling the school, um, which is Sheila National School or Skullbury the Sheila in Hackballs Cross, County Loud. And they will also see lots of our, um, our canvassing and publicity um, around local newspapers, the local roads and streets, and the committee are visiting... Um, local towns as well in the coming weeks and okay. has been up until now. So lots yeah. going on and we're hearing about it on LMFM's late lunch this afternoon. Wish you well with it. Thank you for joining me. Thank you very much, Jerry. Not Thank at you. all. Take care. care. Trasa Minnock there, Principal of Sheila National School. It could be you. It will be us tomorrow at half one. Brian Farley's coming next with the drive. See you half one on Tuesday. We leave you in the company of Miss Miley Cyrus. What a year she's had. Used to be young. This is my type of song. But I'm still a child between the ears. Long may that continue. See you tomorrow. The truth is bulletproof. There's no fool in you. I don't dress the same.